painted the picture of harmless piety. To my eyes, it looked like nothing but the antic shades of mourning, the haphazard motley of confusion and grief. Tommy came down the aisle towards me. I stood out from the pew and genuflected. He turned and I trailed after him to the altar, where there was another genuflection from both of us, old enough to have had it bred into our bones. For all the godless years I worked in L.A., people found it strange that I could never break the habit of crossing myself when I passed a hearse or heard the tolling of a church bell. I still can't. I stepped up on the altar to make for the sacristy, but Tommy turned left and exited through the side door. I followed out into the bright cold morning and Tommy led me down a path to the rear of the churchyard, We stopped at a low metal gate beneath a row of bare sycamore and horse chestnut trees glistening with frost, and Tommy, still determinedly avoiding my eyes, pointed over to a red-brick Victorian villa fifty yards away. "'I know where the presbytery is, Tommy,' I said. "'Sure didn't we once have thirty sacks of pony nuts and four dozen bales of hay sent there for the crack?' "'And Father Tyrrell knew it was us,' Tommy said." "'Down to the school the next day with him.' "'He knew it was you,' I said. "'You know why? "'Because you gave the delivery man your real name.' "'I didn't,' Tommy said. "'I said Timmy Owens, not Tommy.' "'Yeah, a mystery how he caught on to us, really. "'I never gave you up, Ed.' "'You didn't need to. "'Sure everyone knew we hunted as a pair. "'Jesus, the clatter he gave us.' He went easy on you, they always did. They knew deep down you were a good boy. You were just easily led, that's all, by tramps the like of me. I laughed at that, my breath pluming in the crisp air, and Tommy's face creased into something like a grin. It was the longest conversation we'd had since the funeral. How are you making out with the sacristan thing, Tommy? I said, half fearing he'd say something like, "'Tis a great comfort, or sure tis the will of God,' in reply. Tommy Grimace looked over his shoulder at the last of the elder ones straggling out of the church, shrugged and lit a cigarette. "'It's not exactly me, is it?' he said. We both laughed at that, furtive, back-of-the-class laughter in the chill noon sunlight. "'But, yeah, it keeps me out of trouble, out of the house. "'I can't face the whole all her clothes, her paintings. "'The whole gaff just reminds me of her, feels like it's haunted. "'You know what I mean, Ed.' "'I nodded. I had come back from L.A. to bury my mother "'and had stayed to find out what had happened to my father, "'who had disappeared twenty years earlier. "'Now I was living in the house I grew up in, "'living and partly living. "'There were days it seemed more like all I was doing was dying there.' The souls of the dead hovered in the rooms like smoke until I thought I might suffocate. I spent the time I wasn't working in one pub or another, stumbling home when I could be sure I could fall asleep straight away, and then leaving the house first thing the next morning and starting all over again. If I wasn't thirsty, I spent time in churches too. They were warm and quiet, and no one thought you were unwelcome there, or at least no one made you feel as if you were. I knew what Tommy meant all right. My father Tyrrell's a bollocks, this we know, but he's on the level. He doesn't expect you to pray with him or pretend to be a holy Joe or anything. And he has the inside on the ponies, of course. I'm making a mint on the tips he's given me, and Leopardstown's coming up.
I had three beaten dockets in the pockets of my coat and more on the floor of my car and the opposite of a mint in the bank, but before I could ask Tommy to share a few of those tips or to explain why a Catholic priest should, of course, know so much about horse racing, the dark-clad figure of Father Vincent Tyrrell appeared in the doorway of the presbytery, a cigarette in his hand, the smoke coiling in a wreath above his head. Tommy held up a hand to the priest and bowed his head and stood aside as if he was presenting me at court, and I thought I saw a flicker in his face and something cross his eyes, not fear nor hatred, maybe just the lingering ghost of both. Whatever it was, he dispelled it with a wink in my direction and a grin that didn't reach his eyes and hauled himself back towards the church. Father Vincent Tyrrell was in his sixties now, but still straight-backed at five-five, with a white crew cut above a flush drinker's face whose protruding cheekbones looked like they'd been in...